We thank you for joining us for a new episode of True Wisdom, where Andrew and I talk about the Word of God. Welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Robert. And welcome to all you listeners. Um, how are you doing today? Me or the listeners? You. Okay, I'm doing fine, thank you. <laughs> I, hope I caught you off guard. Doing, doing fine. You always attempt to catch me off guard. I'm now prepared to be caught off guard. Yeah, that's uh, one thing our listeners don't know. The questions that I ask at the beginning of every episode are not pre-planned. They are off the uh, cuff. Um, but one of the reasons I asked about how you're doing is because uh, I want to know mm -hmm. what does the Bible have to say about how we're doing on a regular basis? Um, in if no, we'll do Ecclesiastes. Should we do Ecclesiastes? Yeah, let's do Ecclesiastes, and we'll do two verse twenty one. This is interesting, actually, now that I think about where, what story we're going with. Ecclesiastes 2.21, it says, For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity. Yet to a man that hath not labored therein shall he leave it for his portion. This also is vanity and a great evil. Now, it may seem counterproductive to pick a verse which seems to go against everything that we speak about. But one of the things that Solomon is pointing out there is the temporal life. And when we think about true wisdom, we're thinking about in eternity, right? So in the temporal life, there are things that are going to happen that don't seem fair. Um, even people who are smart, people who have wisdom, knowledge, who are living righteously, things might not go, for well, go well for them in the short term, but ultimately we're promised that everything will work itself out. And in fact, our theme verse hints at something that goes on without end. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9 Nine and ten. All right, excellent. Um, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll go to our devotion. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to uh, worship you and study. Uh, we pray that not only will we be blessed as we do this podcast, but those listening will receive a blessing as well. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um. So what yeah, it's is interesting the... that I ended up with this verse. Mm -hmm. What's the topic for today? The topic for today is minding your own business. Minding your own business. All right. Mm -hmm. Minding your own business. Okay. Um, I want you to, hmm, let's start in 
the book of the Kings here. Let's start in the book of the Kings, Second Kings chapter 23. Second Kings 23. All right. We're going to have, um, I'm going to tell you where to, where to start because we're going to have a short one here. Second Kings 23. And you're going to read uh yeah, you know what? Do from twenty-one to thirty. Second Kings twenty-three, twenty-one to thirty. Twenty-one to thirty. And the mm-hmm. king commanded all the people, saying, Keep the Passover unto the Lord your God as it is written in the book of this covenant. Surely there was not holden such a Passover from the days of the judges that judged Israel, not in all the days of the kings of Israel, nor of the kings of Judah. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, huh? But in the 18th year of King Josiah, wherein this Passover was holden to the Lord in Jerusalem, Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits and the wizards and the images and the idols and all the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem did Josiah put away, that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. And like unto him there was no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to the law of Moses. Neither after him arose there any like him. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting statement, considering David was king before him. Well, no, no, uh, is it a very interesting statement for that reason? Um, that turned, this David was a man after God's own heart, after Jesus' own heart. Agreed, agreed, but in fairness, in fairness, um, see if I can find where it was. Hmm. Of course, the turned to the Lord could mean David was like that his whole life, whereas Josiah, after reading the scrolls, decided to make that change. So that could be the right. Difference. That's that's the first. That is the first point. Um, the other point I would say is if you go back a chapter in Second. Well, you're not. You're in the Kings. <laughs> I say back a chapter. I'll, I'll, I'm going to be in Second Chronicles here briefly. In Second Chronicles 34:2, which is another angle on the same story, it says that and he, meaning Josiah, did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. So David is already implied in his behavior. It, mm-hmm. It's already clear that he's following after David. It's not isolated from him. Mm, That's okay. a good observation. All right. We're at verse 26. Notwithstanding, the mm-hmm. Lord turned not from the fierceness of his great wrath, wherewith his anger was kindled against Judah, because of all the provocation that Manasseh had provoked him withal. Mm-hmm. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight, as I have removed Israel, and will cast off this city Jerusalem, which I have chosen, and the house of which I said, my name shall be there. Mm-hmm. 
Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? In his day, Pharaoh, oh, that's a different new word. Pharaoh Nichoch. Nico, Nico, you'll kill King of, you say Nico, King of Egypt. I guess you could say, I see the CH throws me off. <laughs> the days of Pharaoh. I know, Pharaoh but we're, we're, in the, we're in the Old Testament, man. King of Israel went up against the king of Assyria to the river Euphrates, and King Josiah went up against him and slew him at Megiddo, where he had seen him. It's a lot of he's. And his servants carried him in a chariot, dead from Megiddo, and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own sepulcher. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in his father's stead. Okay. Now, we don't get a lot of history on that story in this book. Mm -hmm. We do get a deal of history in Second Chronicles 35. Okay, so let's go over there. Second Chronicles, chapter 35. And we're going to start at 17. All right, verse 17. Mm-hmm. And the children of Israel that were present kept the Passover at that time, and the Feast of Unleavened Bread seven days. And there was no Passover like to that kept in Israel from the days of Samuel the prophet. Neither did all the kings of Israel keep such a Passover as Josiah kept. And the priests and the Levites and all Judah and Israel that were present and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. In the 18th year of the reign of Josiah was this Passover kept. So yeah, you, okay. you got so pause a second. Yeah. yeah, we see this emphasis that even in the height of David and Solomon's kingdom, mm-hmm. they didn't keep the Passover. The Passover was not kept like this. Was not kept like this. And it says from the days of the judges. So here they mention the days of the judges, but here they mention the specific judge, the last judge. Mm-hmm. So Samuel, the way that they kept it in the time of Samuel was was awesome. We should do a study. We should see if we can find in the book of Samuel what separated the Passover in Samuel's day from any Passover that followed. It would have had to have been after Saul was anointed and he stopped keeping it. Mm, What do you mean? I would say that it was before Saul was anointed. That the best one was kept before Saul was anointed. Oh no! Yes, that's what I mean. It seemed like after okay. Saul was anointed, no Passover was kept. It wasn't just that it wasn't no. that special. Let me go back. Oh to... no 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 no! Yeah, that, that's no. I don't think that there's. I don't think you can read that as there was no Passover kept. That's what I mean. See, think about it. Hezekiah kept one. Hezekiah kept one. Yeah, but that was after Hezekiah was after. No, before, before Josiah. Josiah, that's right. right. Yes, 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 right. yes. 
yeah, it's not possible to read that as they didn't keep the Passover. Well, all. that was my question from Second Kings, but it was none mm -hmm. like it. Okay, right. Well, hang on a second. Hang on, mm -hmm. Second Kings nineteen, correct? Seventeen, excuse no, me. No, Second Kings twenty-three. Second Kings twenty-three, verse seventeen is where I start. Verse twenty-two. Mm -hmm. 22. Well, you could start there, but verse verse. Uh, so the key word is such a Passover. Such a Passover. Right. Mm -hmm. Not just a Passover. And that was my confusion. Because I said, Did, okay. no Passover from that time? That's highly unlikely. All right. Yeah, yeah. So no, 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 no. We're back to Second Chronicles 35. Mm -hmm. And we are at 20, verse 20. Yeah. After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple... Nico, okay, now here's where they decided to shorten his name. Nico, king of Egypt, came up to fight against, and of course they add a longer one, came up to fight against Char Chemish by Euphrates. You have, hold on, hold on. Why did you throw an H on the first? <laughs> well, there syllable. is an H. It's C H A R C H E M I S. -H. It is not. That's what I'm reading right here. Char Chemish. Let me are you sure you see, see which Bible are you looking at? I'm Bible? looking at Bible Gateway. Uh, All right, hang on. I'm going to go to. You, let me go look at Bible Gateway. I'm going to go look at uh, eSword, who doesn't sponsor this show, but is a wonderful product. Amen. Uh, okay. And this is what Bible study is about. <laughs> As you go through, uh, you may find a discrepancy, and your responsibility is to find out. Okay, we're at 35, verse 20. Mm -hmm. Aha, you see, in Esword, there is no CH, it's Karshamish. Well, I don't see it over here either. And I don't have, you don't see it over where? In, in Bible, Bible Gateway. Gateway. Oh, that's interesting because I'm on Bible Gateway, Second Chronicles 35, King James Version. Mm -hmm. Verse 20. Verse 20 says, Charkovich. All right. We'll go okay. with Karchemish by Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. And yeah, I think I that's a typo in Bible Gateway. Could be. So verse 21. And this typo doesn't take away from the story. You just have to verify. No. Verse no. 21. But he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste. Forbear thee from meddling with God, who is with me, that he destroy thee not. That is interesting. Yes, it is. That is interesting. Yes, it is. So verse 22. Nevertheless, Josiah mm -hmm. would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him. Uh -huh. And hearkened not unto the words of Nico from the mouth of God, from the mouth of God, and came to fight uh -huh. in the valley of Megiddo. Okay, pause a second. 
this is very interesting. This is the king of Egypt. This is Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Pharaoh Nico. Okay? Pharaoh Nico, this is in the time of um, this is in the time of Babylon's ascendancy and Josiah, it's only a few years before before Nebuchadnezzar will come out here and start doing things. But um, the the Carchemish is the one that Nico's coming up to fight, right? And for whatever reason, Josiah gets it into his head that he's going to get in the midst of this. And so he decides he's going to come out. And Nico tells him, what are you doing? I, I'm not out here to fight you, but I'm going to fight against the house that I have war. God commanded me to make haste. Forbear from meddling with God, who is with me, that he destroy thee not. Now, if you're the king of Judah, and you had a, a good reign, right? You've been, you've been doing some good stuff. And all of a sudden, because he was uh, 39 when he died, he was 26 when this happened. So this is 13 years after verse 19. Mm -hmm after all this, okay? What would you do as the king of Judah if Pharaoh, king of Egypt, came and said, hey, stop meddling with God. God directed me to do this. So I'm going to answer in this manner. I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian basically my whole life. And sometimes we have this thing that I call Christian arrogance, where we promise us and the world that God can only speak through us. And if you hear from anyone who doesn't declare himself a Christian, you're hearing blasphemy. Any, anything from anyone who's not a Christian to our standard, who speaks in the name of God, I am not saying <laughs> this is what Josiah did. But we have this idea that if God, because we are the true followers of God, God can only speak through us. There's no way in the world he would speak through a, an Egyptian. The first thing I should do in that circumstance is get on my knees and pray about it. Lord, if there's, are you truly speaking through him? And if so, give me a sign. And is there something that I'm doing that's keeping me from hearing from you why I didn't know about this from you directly? That's my prayer. And not because I'm, you know, it's, that's the way I look at it. Um, yeah, I mean, I can imagine, I can understand. It, it's been a long time since folks in Egypt we're speaking to the true God as far as anybody else knows. I can understand not the disbelief. Uh, well, would I call it disbelief? Sure. He didn't hearken to it, but he doesn't check. Yeah. That's my point. He, he doesn't check. He could, you, you know, you made the point perfectly. He could have checked. You've got priests. Ask them, shall I go up? Will thou deliver Pharaoh Nico into my hand? 
it's not like God doesn't know how to say, don't go up. We have plenty of examples with David. We have plenty of examples with other people. And again, if you have to disguise yourself to go into war, no good thing comes from that. We have not seen one of God's people disguise themselves to go into war and it work out properly. Yeah, we... There's... That's faith. That's a lack of faith. And I remember discussions um, with my mother on a lack of faith. The number of things she would say is lack of faith. I'm like, no, that can't be lack of faith. But you didn't trust God to protect you if you were in the right. You go out there. It's not as if he didn't have a history of, as you mentioned, the different kings who went through and fought battles. And the Lord said, go up because I've given them into your hand. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. like at any point he checked with God. No. It really doesn't feel like that. And then, you know, when he had an opportunity to check, he's like, let's disguise ourselves and then go back out. You say opportunity. Well, I haven't read that verse yet, by the way. But you say opportunity no, it, it, to check. I'm, I would yes. say he got orders to check. <laughs> he was, well, no, he got orders to stand out. <laughs> yeah, right? but which it, would... The orders weren't, hey, go check if... Yeah, but but those orders, those orders are like, if you're going to say, okay, what's this heathen man using the word of God? This is blasphemy. Let me check with God. God and I are supposed to be on the same side. I haven't heard him say this. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing from this guy. Let me talk to the, the right person. That's all that needed to be done. But instead, he interfered with something that wasn't his to interfere with. And it's one thing, you know, you could look at when Sennacherib um, invoke the name of God against Hezekiah, and you could say, no, that, that was blasphemy. You were, you were using it to say why you were going to be dominant. But when somebody says, hey, God sent me to do this. Don't get in my way. I'm going to do this thing, and I have no business with you. That person is not using the name of God against you. All right. It's, it's actually a, your protection. So, but I do say this, even in today's times, I, I know of an experience I just went through where I was wrestling with a decision. I made the decision, and after I made the decision, I checked back and said, did I even pray about this? Or did I rely Mm -hmm. on past experience for me to decide what God, what I believe God would do? Why not just pray about it? If I'm wrestling with something, especially something spiritual, why not just pray about it? Mm -hmm. Well, we have gotten ourselves so conditioned to ask, what would Jesus do? that we don't ask two questions that I think are more important. Because the problem with what would Jesus do is you're going to guess, oh, because Jesus thought this way, he would probably do this. Whereas the two questions that I think are far more important than what would Jesus do is, A, what did Jesus do? Mm -hmm. That is, look at a situation that matches what you're thinking about and look at what Jesus did in that circumstance. And more importantly... What did Jesus? What did Jesus say? Meaning, go pray and get an answer that's current yeah. for your circumstance right now, right? And I, and I don't mean to imply that principles and precepts from the Bible are not current, but we do have stories in the Bible where back-to-back prayers about the same circumstance result in different, different answers. answers. So even if you have something there in the Word of God and you say, okay, here was a 
an option A and an option B for the same thing. Don't let me just pick the one that's most favorable to me. Exactly. Let me go and ask, Lord, is it option A, option B, or something different? Yeah, why why put the burden on your shoulders? Your shoulder's not even big enough to hold up the, the situation. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why you wanted to fight. The Bible doesn't tell us. No. Nope. Okay, verse 22. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him, and hearkened not unto the words of Nico from the mouth of God, and came to fight in the valley of Medi Megiddo. And the archers shot at King Josiah. And the king said to his servants, Have me, have me away, for I am sore wounded. His servants therefore took him out of the chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem. And he died and was buried in one of the sepulchers of his father. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. And Jeremiah lamented for Josiah, and all the singing men and the singing women spake of Josiah in their lamentations to this day, and made them an ordinance in Israel. And behold, they are written in the Lamentations. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his goodness, according to that which was written in the law of the Lord, and his deeds first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. It's funny how they, they actually refer back to each other. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Dad. Okay. It's an interesting tale of a situation that could have been easily rectified. Yep. Yep. And you know what's interesting? He's 39 when he dies. This is the age that Manasseh, that um, Hezekiah didn't want to die. Mm -hmm. And it ended up. He didn't want to die. Mm -hmm. And it ended up causing He reigned trouble. for 31 years. 31 years, which sounds great until you realize he started at age eight. Right. He should have been able to rule for he 17 could have had, years. He could have had a tremendous rule because think about it. Think about it. Manasseh reigned 15. from age 12 to age 67. 55 I mean, he reigned for more than his adulthood. Yep. 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 We have to, so the lesson here for us is we have to learn when and how to mind our own business. And we have to learn when to, to trust God, when to speak to God about circumstances that come up. We should be speaking to God all the time. But if perchance you had, were a little too relaxed and didn't think about it. And somebody comes and says, hey, the Lord sent me on a mission. I'm not here to deal with you. Please don't get in the way. The Lord sent me on a mission. Don't mess around. Lest the Lord destroy you. When that is what is said to you, you should stop and say, uh, I'm not sure if I should be listening to any king of Egypt, but I am going to pray yeah. and see what the answer is here. Yeah. It's straightforward. It really is. It is straightforward. All right. 
Those were your closing words? Those are my closing words. Um, Carcamesh. <laughs> we're going to have to Just look at because... that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Carcamesh. Carcamesh is really what it is. Carcamish. Uh, yeah, Carcamish. Um, well, well, one of the good things about um, many of these programs is you can look at in different um, different versions. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just quickly take a look at a couple of different translations and see. Uh, hmm. It's not updating automatically, so I'll look in eSword and see what they say. All right. All right. Okay, that's without an age. Looking so, at a couple listen, of different versions. Go ahead. The Battle of Carchemish was fought in 605 BC between the armies of Egypt allied with the remnants of the army of the former Assyrian Empire mm -hmm. against the armies of Babylonia, allied with the Medes and Persians and Scythians. Isn't that interesting? This battle is also mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 30 in the Bible. Isn't Very interesting. interesting. Yeah, every other version, New King James, New Living Translation, all of them, Let's see what the word English Bible And they says. were yes. fighting against Nebuchadnezzar. Yep. So God had already says, sent them yeah. out to fight against Nebuchadnezzar. It started. It said that, that um, the Egyptians met the full might of the Babylonian and Median Empire. Interesting that the Babylonians and Medes should fight together in that one. Mm -hmm. Of the Babylon and Median Empire, army rather, led by Nebuchadnezzar II at Carchemish, where the combined Egyptian and Assyrian forces were destroyed. Assyria ceased to exist as an independent power, and Egypt retreated and was no longer a significant force in the ancient Near East. Babylonia reached its economic peak after 605 BC. This is significant. And yet Israel could have stayed out of it. Oh well, you know that leads oh, to a, that leads to a larger study, considering it's Hezekiah's mm -hmm. desire to stay alive, which led the Babylonians to them, which put the oh my goodness put them on Babylonian <laughs> maps. So you you see here two examples of of people not minding their business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Could it's you... important for us. We mm -hmm. definitely have to pay attention to what God is calling us to do. And let other people worry about what they are being called to do. Mm -hmm. Right? So, uh, go ahead and pray us out. Oh, we do. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this lesson. Short lesson, short story, but filled with uh, important learning. We really have to pay attention to what it is that we're being called to do. We have to be able to recognize your voice even if it comes from some unexpected place. And if we're still unsure, there's nothing preventing us to che from checking with you directly. Lord, help us not to get caught up in affairs that belong to other people. Help us to mind our business, doing it 
in the way that he would have us to do it and help us to uh, be attentive to your voice no matter what sort. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, not to belabor this, but I did a devotion recently, and it, it had a particular phrase, we have to lower our expectations when we expect to hear from God. Um, <laughs> and there were questions, as we were doing the devotion, there were questions, what does that mean? What do you mean lower our expectations? It's like, no, not expectations of what God is going to do. But every time we hear from God, it's not going to be a burning bush situation. So we can't always expect, oh, when I hear from God, the earth will rumble and and shake, and I'll know it specifically from him. Uh, knowing to hear his voice means even when someone else comes and tells us something. So maybe we should do a devotion. I'm just going to take some study to find out all the different ways God spoke to people. Because we've had instances where God spoke through another prophet, where God spoke through signs, where God spoke through the elements. Um there's so much. But but if you're interested in hearing uh, more on this topic, just write to us, email us, and you can reach us at truewisdom at spaceage-llc.com, or you can reach out to us at uh, over Twitter, truewisdom underscore pod, and let us know what you thought of this lesson. If you'd like some of our previous lessons, please reach out to the website truewisdom.buzzsprout.com. And if you want even more Bible study, reach out to Andrew's uh, podcast. Which is true with... Um, <laughs> you got me again. Caught off guard. Rightly provide the word of truth at biblestudy.asbzone.com. There you go. Thank you for listening, and we pray you will be blessed.